so glad you're here as we look into the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, the reason I'm really excited is because you're going to hear from some voices that I believe have been anointed by God that have a prophetic word for this hour that I really believe is going to speak prophetically, not just to this house, but to speak to the body of Christ all over this nation and I believe all over the world. One of the greatest challenge that pastors face, if I can be so bold as to speak for all pastors, is that we must depend on the work of the Holy Spirit. It is so easy for us to allow our emotions, our insecurities, our anger to get in the way of really hearing from what God wants his people to hear. We have a responsibility to make sure that all we ever preach is thus saith the Lord. And so that requires you as well praying for us, that we will remain humble, that we will always make sure that we go before the Lord and lay every single issue before his throne. And only when we have heard, thus said the Lord, should we get up, stand up with a spine and declare with boldness the conviction of the word of God with compassion. And so as a church, the Lord has given us an assignment. And that assignment began in December where we began looking at the light. And so we've been navigating, going through those different messages with Christmas falling strategically right in the midst of the message of the light. And so in this final message, I was wanting to do this on Christmas Eve, and the way the Lord worked it out, where he says, no, I want you to save it for the last Sunday in the month of December and also for the end of 2020. How many of you are glad? Come on, by the grace of God. That 2020, come on, it's coming to a conclusion. I can't promise you a theme. I would not do that. Those who did it in January, it was all blown up. But what I can promise you is this, is that God is still God. And he'll still be God by the grace when the calendar hits and we celebrate a new year, 2021. And so this morning, as my responsibility is simply to read a scripture and to introduce the different speakers who are going to be sharing with you, I believe that the spirit of God is going to connect every single one of their messages And it's going to speak with volume in your life. I want you to please note this. That there's a difference between noise and volume. The noise typically comes from the world system. But volume comes from a united people. And so children if you've not been released. I have been told to release. I thought they left. So children. Teens, you stay, but children, you're free to go. If you haven't released your children, I think they're all gone. But if they're still here, go ahead. I apologize for that. And so while they're being released, I want you to know there's a difference between noise and volume. And so in 2020, you heard a lot of noise. And there was a lot of discernment that was required. But I want to let you know that the volume comes from the church. And we must be a united front because here is the deal. We do not wait for darkness to come upon us. We are the light and so we walk into darkness. 
And so because of that, it is important then that we realize that our assignment is to keep the light shining. It's to keep the light Shine. And so in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, and then the first communicator will come and will share uh, the word that God has, has given to them. But in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, I took the liberty, if that's okay, of, of reading four different translations so that nobody can say he didn't read my translation, my favorite. And so we begin with the one that I use and that we use here as a church, uh, the English Standard Version. And it reads in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, in speaking of keep the light shining, it says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you would do well, watch us now, to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The Passion Translation, which has taken on um, um, an increase of people who read the Passion Translation, and it says, and so we have been given the prophetic word, the writing, the written, excuse me, message of the prophets made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice, there it is, of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place until the dawning of a new day when the morning star rises in your heart. The New Living Translation says this way. Because of that experience, we have been given greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your heart. Last but not least, the historical one and only KJV, the King James Version. Come on, all you saints, say amen for the King James Version. We have also a more sure word of prophecy where unto you do well that you take heed. I love that. That's the old school. Take heed. As unto a light that shineth, there it is, in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Let's pray. Christ, you are the light. Connect every communicator with both conviction and compassion for your people who are called by your name. Cause your face to shine upon us. Teach us by your spirit. Enlighten us to the light. Your pure light. One candle can defeat the darkness. The light came to defeat the darkness. And so as we take a look first at the importance of this, we want to look at God with us. Say that with me. God with us. Pastor Betty, would you come and share with us as a lamp shining in a dark place what it means for God with us. Amen. I'd just like to say that... um, Pastor Rowe was talking about that song, Waymaker, 
some of the tough times of my life in 2020, in the middle of the night, those words, he's always working, he never stops working, would minister to me in my spirit. And that's just what God does. He ministers to you even when you're asleep. And I take that off my time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Exodus 25 and 8, when God was given instructions to Moses to build the traveling tabernacle, he said, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. He's always wanted to dwell in our midst, and he still does want to dwell in our midst, probably more now than maybe ever before. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to dwell with me, but he's not rude. You have to invite him. You have to maintain him, not maintain him. You have to keep him welcome because he won't stay where he's not welcome. He won't stay where there's sin in the camp either. He he wants to be with you, but you have to prepare that place for him. In John 1, verses 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. He come in the physical form, in man's form, to be with us. And he also, every temptation that was ever given to man, he uh, was victorious over it. He had every temptation that was given to man, and he overcome it. And you know what that says? You can overcome it too. You can be victorious, and you can overcome it. If you so desire, that is the secret right there. You've got to desire him. You've got to desire him to be in your life. You've got to desire to put him first. You have got to desire him more than anything else on earth, more than food, more than entertainment, more than anything. And sometimes we get so close to the world that we can't have time for him. And we need to separate. We need to separate and give him a place in our heart. Give him a place inside of us. Jesus is God with us. God has always been with his people in the pillar of cloud above the tabernacle. I want you to remember the pillar of of cloud above the tabernacle, the voice of the prophets in the Ark of the Covenant. But never was God so clearly present with his people as he was through his virgin birth of Jesus, the Messiah of Israel. And he was present in the cloud and all of that, but never as much as his birth with the virgin. Under the old tabernacle, under the old covenant, I'm sorry, under the old covenant, the tabernacle represented the presence of God. But now, under the new covenant, Jesus Christ is God with us. Jesus is not only God with us, but also God in us. 
God comes to live in us through Jesus Christ when you're born again. That old man is changed and a new man comes. He takes up residence. He builds that tabernacle on the inside of you. If you accept, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are a traveling tabernacle or an Ark of the Covenant. You are a traveling tabernacle just as God gave Moses the instructions of how to build that one back in the Old Testament. He had gave instructions for us. And you are that traveling tabernacle. Every time we leave the house, every time we go, everywhere we go, we are that traveling tabernacle. The Ark of the Covenant is going around Marion. The Ark of the Covenant is going wherever you're going. And the Ark of the Covenant is all the power that God has. In First Chronicles 13, 12 through 14, when the Ark of the Covenant was left at Obadiah's house for three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obadiah and all that he had. You're the Ark of the Covenant. Wherever you go should be blessings. Pastor Rowe teaches you, if you have a job, you should be blessing that company. Wherever you go, if you shop, you should be blessing that store. When you go visit, you should be blessing those people. When you come to church, you should be blessing people. Because that is the Ark of the Covenant. And that's what happened when they left it. All the blessings. He prospered those three months when it was there. And you remember the story when they went to get it and that guy died because he didn't do it right. Remember that? But we are the Ark of the Covenant. Pastor Rowe tells us all these blessings when he's talking about the light shining. We are that Ark. He was talking about the light this morning. We should be taking the light wherever we go. We should be, uh, people should be able to see that God is with us. They should desire God because of what they see in us. And most of the time, sometimes they don't want God because of what they see in us. But that shouldn't be. We should be living to the point where they want God because of us. When we prosper, when we're in health. And I'm not saying that uh, things aren't going to happen. It's not going to be a tiptoe through the tulips. And for you young people, that means it's not always going to be young, easy. For all you who don't understand, tiptoeing through the tulips. It's not always going to be easy. Sometimes it's hard. But when you got faith in God, he never fails you. It may not come through the way you want it to, but you will come out victorious. It'll come through the way God wants it to. Uh, He didn't come to meet you just in the church. He came to tabernacle with you. He came to live with you. According to the Hebrew Bible, uh, miskin, meaning residence, or dwelling place. That's what the word tabernacle means. It means to residence. He wants to live in me. In the natural, usually in the spring, all you ladies may know, you usually do a spring cleaning. And you go through and you take out all the dust and all the dirt and all the stuff the winter's brought in. I would like to suggest a spiritual tabernacle cleaning at the end of this year. To come through and wash out all that dirt and that stuff from 2020. To come through and allow, take all that stuff out that we've allowed to come in and take up residence when it doesn't belong. And clean it up. And do what God has done and wants us to do. Now, I know 2020 has been hard. We don't know what 2021 holds for us. But we know who holds 2021. 
And I want you to keep that in mind. And when you get ready to do your spring cleaning, make sure you get in the corners because Satan's sneaky. Make sure you get him all out. Don't let him take up just a little pace because if he gets an inch, he'll take a mile. You make sure you get in the corners. You make sure you clean all the dust off the curtains. You make sure that you clean it all up. And because we know God holds 2021 and whatever comes, we know if we're faithful to God, we will be victorious in Jesus name. Come on. Can we celebrate God with us? Come on. If you know God is with you right now, come on, clap your hands. Emmanuel, God with us. Glory to God. So let your light shine. Keep the light shining. Thank you, Pastor Betty. Coming. Amen. Amen. To share. God cares for us. Let's put our hands together for God's anointed voice. Bailey, will you come at this time? Here she comes. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Um, so the Holy Spirit's been preparing me for this for the past few weeks, and I never really knew, but it's coming It's coming um, full term right now. So um, he's been really wrecking me with just the thought of his mercy and his grace um, lately, just knowing that he called me out, and all of us, he called me out, um, even though he knows my past, he still loves me. Um, and he's been just, Holy Spirit's been putting unfailing love into my head. Um, so we know he cares for us, but he loves us so much and he gives us his unfailing love. Um, so I had never seen this in scripture, um, or like even thought of the phrase. Uh, so I looked up, um, where in the Bible it talks about unfailing love and there's so much in there. Um, but, um, I noticed that when it's mentioned a lot in the Bible, it's, often trusting in his unfailing love and him um, saving us through his unfailing love. So the Holy Spirit brought me, well, he highlighted Exodus fifteen thirteen, And it says, with your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed and your might, you guide them to your secret, to your sacred home. And in the um, New Kings James Version, it says, you and your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. So we see that mercy and unfailing love are interchangeable. And I saw that also in Psalm 33, Psalm 21, and um, other Psalms, that mercy and unfailing love are interchangeable in translations. So I looked up the definition of I mean, unfailing and um, everlasting came up, constant, incapable of error, error, fulfilling all expectations, and inexhaustible. So just thinking about inexhaustible, like his love is inexhaustible for us. We can never, he, he can never run out of his love to give us. So we need to tap into it, especially during this time. Um, so this is a sure foundation of, that we can, um, as believers, fall back on. And stand on. Um, so, like, what trial or tribulation can stand through God's unfailing love? I mean, He gave a, His Son for us um, just to simply gain relationship with us. So, in John, 
1. John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus. So all he wants us to do is return this love to him that he's given us. And this is an echo of his love and his mercy to us. He gave his son for us. Like, I feel like we kind of go over that because we hear all the time, he gave his son for us, he gave it, but think about it. Like, think about you giving your child that you love for people that don't deserve it, that don't deserve it, and you witnessed your son go through everything, but he was willing. How amazing is that? So something that um, he just wants simple communion with us. He wants intimacy with us. He just wants relationship with us. And something that I went through lately, I've been so hungry and so passionate for people to know Jesus. And I know, I caught myself going to the Father in my intimacy and in my quiet, quiet time with the motivation for others. And he would provide. I would get words for people here and there. But all of a sudden, I wasn't hearing anything. And I'm like, what's going on? And he was like, no, you're missing it. I just want relationship with you first. I want relationship with you first. Because then when I pour into you, your overflow will give everyone else. Give to everyone else. And I think that that is just a testament to his true heart and his mercy because he designed it that way for us to give through his overflow because he cares about us first. He cares about relationship with us first, and then we will give through our overflow. That's how we are most effective in the kingdom is intimacy with the Father. Now, the commission that he's given us is easy because... It's just from our overflow. So we don't have to have this burden to save others because we we use the power of the Holy Spirit and we allow him to speak through us and pour into others what he is pouring into us. So again, he cares for us. His unfailing love is available and he's eager to give it because he's so merciful. He doesn't care what you did last week. He wants to speak through you. We have to be, be willing vessels. And that entails us to tap into all of this. Tap into his mercy. Tap into his love. So I believe if we truly tap into that stuff in intimacy with the Father, um, our light as a church will shine brighter than ever. Because I feel like we have trailed off with this new church, um, with organization, like organizing sermons and everything like that. And that's not what the Father wants. We are quenching the Holy Spirit by doing that. We need to let the Holy Spirit flow through us. And that is so, it's so easy because all it starts with is intimacy with the Father. Hearing from Him. Being transparent with your, with the people around you and what He's teaching you. So yeah. I want, I want Bailey to, I want Bailey to pray over us. There is an anointing on her life. Uh, for a generation and God has preserved her, protected her, and now he's platforming her. Amen. And so I want you, Bailey, to take the mic and pray over her. Just, just pray as the Lord, uh, lays on your heart, uh, and receive this anointing. Come on. I don't want you to miss this, especially for your generation. Go ahead and pray. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you for posturing our hearts to hear from mm. you, Jesus, today. 
Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Rowe and his true, genuine love for the Father. Mm. It shines through. Mm. So, Lord, thank you for pouring into him, allowing us to pour, allowing that to pour into us. Lord, so I just pray that you continue to do that, Jesus, and continue to give us boldness to speak to Marion. Because Marion needs us right now, Jesus. You have placed us here for a time so perfect as this. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in Marion. You're awakening sons and daughters as we speak right now. Lord, you're placing people in the streets of Marion to continue to speak life into the streets. So, Lord, I thank you right now in Jesus' holy name for everything that you continue to do and that your burden is light and that you love us so, so much. That is just simply you giving your mercy unto us, flowing into us, so we can flow into others, Jesus. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you. Praise the Lord. Come on. I'm not going to tell you what you should be feeling right now, but I'll tell you what is in the room. And what's in the room is there should be a lightness. There, there should be a burden that just got lifted off of you. Uh, from just hearing that word that was shared, from God with us to God cares for us, there should be just a sense of freedom and the sense of just things are lifted off. So, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for that. We give you praise. We give you glory. So after we hear about God with us and God cares for us uh, and barely tapped into it, and we're going to now open up the faucet and have it just like a fire hydrant. And uh, we're going to look at God's love for us. And so I want you to welcome Abigail as she comes and shares with us God's love for us. Let's put hands together for Abigail. Thick. Can Amen. I just say that? Yes. Wow, wow, Amen. wow, wow, wow. Um, did you know God loves you? Amen. God loves you. He loves you. Like, how many times have we easily heard that and um, it just rolls off the tongue or we shrug it off when, we're, when we hear it and we don't really know the impact that those words are? Um, we don't truly understand the weight behind them. Um, uh, his light, like Bailey, it's funny because exactly what Bailey was saying, the sense of like, he is a father that gave his son for us. He gave his son for us. That should blow our minds. Not only did he give his son for us, but he also provides us with a counselor to walk through daily life. He, he gives us the Holy Spirit to, to walk through life. He doesn't let us do it alone. He, he gave his son for us and then he also gives us a counselor. Like, do we, the question I want to ask you guys, do we really bask in his love? Do we really take it in? Do we delight in God's love? Do we savor in his love? And do we take pleasure in his love? What does it even mean to you when you hear God loves you? You know, one huge problem in the church today is that we use that as a slogan. God loves you. 
We just say it, just, we just randomly say it and we don't really, um, know like the impact that it truly has. We've become numb to it. And then we end up just saying it. It just rolls off the tongue. Like God loves you. God loves you. And we, you know, you hear it and it's like, okay, I know I was talking with my sister-in-law and she was telling me about reading uh, Francis Chan and he was talking about um, just his encounters that he's been having with the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, a lot of the times we say we understand it like, you know, a child when you tell them something and they're like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. And it's like, yeah, we hear he loves you. And yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Like, I understand. God loves me. God loves me. No, but do you really understand that? Do you really understand that God loves you? Like, it should wreck our hearts to to hear that. It should wreck us every time. It should remind us of his beauty and his love. Um, I'm going to be reading from Psalms 103, um, which the title of the chapter is Our Father's Love, but specifically verses 1 through 2, it says, With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my whole innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the Holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You are my soul's celebration, Jesus. That should be, oh, that just is like so good. You could sit on that for forever. But like, how can we forget? Like, I know, uh, like I said, just we've become numb. The church has become numb to, to God loves you. God loves you. We cannot forget about his true love. We can, we've got to let him in. We've got to let that resonate in our lives. Um, so many times this year, the father has just taken me back again and again. Um, when I found myself like, okay, Jesus, where are you in this 2020 mess or just different things like that? He's taken me back to those moments, um, of his true love and just, um, reminds me of those times. And when I truly encountered his love and we, we can't forget those, we can't forget those. He wants us he does that for a reason. He takes us back to those moments to remind us of his love. When we truly bask in his love, he reveals more facets of himself. I know when um, I get together, especially with Bailey and Blaine and Danny and Marie last um, week at communion, we were just sitting there and you just find yourself in awe of him. When you truly are wrecked by his love, when others are talking about his love, you're seeing more facets of him and more and more, uh, you just find yourself falling in love with him. Um, uh, you see him more in others' lives when you bask in his love. Um, and you begin, he easily becomes recognizable to you then when you bask in his love. Um, another thing is when we truly bask in his love, it transforms the way we see ourselves. We see ourselves in a different way. Um, and we see the, we see ourselves the way the father does. I know again and again, I will say this till the day I die. Song of songs. If you have not read it, read it, especially the passion translation. It's whoa. I mean, in any translation, it's whoa, but ask Jesus just to reveal himself through that scripture because he is talking about the way that he loves his bride and oh man it's gonna oh it'll blow your mind that's for sure 
And not only when we bask in his love, um, it transforms the way we see others too. Uh, and like uh, Bailey was even talking, I wrote, his love oozes out of you. It begins to ooze out of you when you really are basking in his love. It just becomes natural um, the way you see others then. So there's got to be a difference. There's got to be a difference. Um, his love invades things and it changes things. Um, I know uh, Stephanie Gretzinger's song, uh, this stuck out to me. It says, don't let me stay the same. Only your love can change me. So this is it, guys. We got to receive his love. We got to go back to that. We got to go back to that. We need to sit and rest in him. I know there's moments where he just wants you to let him in. Let him in. Let him love on you. He wants to remind you of his love. We need those moments. We need those moments. We need to be taken back to that. Receive his love. Um, sit on those words. Ask him moments um, where you haven't allowed his va- his love to invade your being. And just believe it. Start with believing it. God loves you. He loves you. Don't just hear those words. Those aren't just words. We need to bask in those words. We need to take those in. And I just feel like um, Jesus is calling us to a deeper love. He wants to show us the depth of his love. So don't miss it. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is the best. And you will want more and more and more. And you won't be able to get enough of it. That's for sure. So that's it. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you that it is, it is present here with us right now in the name of Jesus. As a pastor, um, if I'm ministering to anybody, or just as a, as a Christian, forget about just being a pastor, these are the questions that people are asking. Truly, where is God? Does God care for me? And what about this love of God? These are literally questions your children will be asking. These are fundamental questions that need to be answered. And so when we believe we cause our light to shine, which is really the light of Christ, to shine into people's dark areas where they can feel safe and know that God is available. So, Father, we thank you for that. We honor and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We got we got two more, which is which is amazing. The first three has been wonderful, and I'm so glad that the Lord told me to do this. Just just, just have people come and share, uh, you know what, what God laid on your heart. And and this this fourth one um, is 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 really critical. This, this this one really really is important, and it's God's mercy keeps you. God's mercy keeps you. I'm excited to hear from Rick as he comes and shares with us. Put your hands together for this great man of God. God's mercy keeps us. As I begin to pray about uh, just listening to the Lord, there's so many scriptures in the Bible about, about the mercy of God. And um, he took me to uh, Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes. 
in verse 7. And the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And uh, as I was meditating on what uh, God's mercy keeps us, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of hurting people in the world. It's not, not just necessarily um, the ones that have lost loved ones this year. I, I personally know of um, two individuals, Christian women, uh, well, one for sure, that have lost husbands, young husbands, not, not old. And I know the church is, is full of, uh, there's a lot of hurting people. Not just ones that have lost loved ones uh, to the COVID, but broken-hearted people that have went through relationships, broken relationships, um, that, that you're blindsided. You think everything's just going fine, and you, you know you're in the will of God, and you know that God is doing a work in your life, and all of a sudden, you go off the tracks and, and, and not necessarily spiritually, but just your, your vision. All of a sudden you, you wonder what in the world is going on, God? And why am I in this place of, of a brokenness in my heart now? And for those people, I feel that, that God took me to this, to this scripture. Blessed are the merciful. Don't allow your heart to become hard during these times of trial. Because they will come. The Bible even assures us that there's going to be those times where unfortunately there's going to be a brokenness to your life, a brokenness in your heart. But God is not going to leave you there. He's going to use those times to encourage you, to love you through that, to show you, as our sister said, his mercy, his unfailing love. And and for you, those people that are broken. This is the safest place right here. This is the place. And in his presence, as, as a sister talked about, in his presence of, of seeking him in the, in those intimate times of knowing God. And I've always looked at the church as a spiritual hospital. This is the place to come to, to get prayed for. If you're going through brokenness, if you're going through a loss, no matter if it's 2020 or any time, there's going to be 2020s in your life. There's going to be brokenness. There's going to be, there's going to be times where you are lost and the safest place is right there and right here to go to ministers in this body of Christ. The sisters that have spoken today, they know about his mercy. Uh, this man knows about his mercy, but Pastor Blaine knows about his mercy. And if I'm hurting, I'm going to them. I'm going to people that have experienced his grace. I see it. I sit back there. I see people that are broken and I see others put their hands around them and I see them loving them. And that's what's going to bring you through. It ain't going to be somebody that doesn't know a thing about. I've talked to those people and there's night and day between the mercy of God the ones that put their hands upon you and pray. That's where the healing comes from. That's where the tears flow. That's where brokenness is turned from brokenness into wholeness. And God takes you on. And he loves you so much that he isn't going to leave you there. 
Whether you know the reason about it, whether you ever find out the reason about it, not so much is that the importance, but that you keep your heart soft before God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. How can I be merciful in a time of brokenness? Only he can do that. That's why you come to church. One reason is to experience the mercy of God so that I can be merciful. How can I be merciful to someone who's broken my heart? How can I be merciful to someone who's done me wrong? By his unfailing love. By his unfailing love. He's not going to leave you where you are. By his unfailing love. David said when, and it, it, everything flows in God. He does nothing just uh, uh, for no purpose. But when the sister talked about when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to, back to Israel in, in, uh, in first Chronicles 1634, in David's praise, after they brought the, the ark back, he said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. When the Lord is healing you and allowing the, the, his strength to come back into you, I guarantee you, one of your, one of your praises to God is, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. It's not always easy to see his mercy when you're down in the dumps and when the, when your heart is broken. But when the Lord begins to heal you, when people come around you and touch you and anoint you with oil and, and, and bless you and, and you're here at this hospital and you partake of that medicine, which the Lord provides, your prayer and your praise will be his mercy endures forever. So God's mercy keeps us. In this, in this year, he will continue to keep us every day of, of our lives. Just run after his mercy. I felt like the Lord said, tell, tell him to run after his mercy. Run after his unfailing love. When you're in uh, time at home, run after that love. Run after that mercy. If you're broken, if, if the Lord has healed you and you're walking in, and, and, and things are, and the Lord is, uh, blessing you day by day, blessing then, run after that mercy then, run after it when you're broken. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, clap your hands for that. Praise God. I love when he said there'll be many 2020s in your life. I'm like, that can preach. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. There'll be many 20. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank God. In the midst of any 2020, he's there. Praise God. And so we've heard today that God... With us, Emmanuel. We heard today that God cares for us. We also heard that God loves us. And we heard that God's mercy keeps us. And this is the one where we're going to shout. This is the one where we're going to have substance. This is the one that brings everything together. This is the one where faith is elevated to a place where miracles take place. And this one is God is here with us. Not just God with us, but God is here with us. Pastor Blaine, take us home as you share to God's people 
God is here with us. Amen. God is good. Amen. Come on. I said he's good. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. Man, I have had this knob like turned up in my spirit and I feel the Lord. This is an hour of visitation. I, I, when Abigail was speaking of the, the gathering, when we got together, she was speaking of discernment. Oh, and God put this on my heart and I'm discerning the hour and I'm telling you it's an hour of visitation. I love 2020 because there was a shaking. You know your foundation. <laughs> you know what you're standing on now. You know, we saw the fruit of the church this year. Uh, I preached a message last year this time, going into the new year, uh, and it was, um, I believe that 2020 was going to be a year for the believer to walk into perfection, lacking nothing. And, uh, you know, Danny and I, we, we're a team. We're a, we're a pretty awesome team, you know. She makes it awesome. And, uh, you know, one of the main things that hit, if you haven't heard, you're going to hear it today. You know, there was COVID, this thing called COVID hit. And, uh, you know, I started to panic when it first happened. And we, we were one of the ones that went to the grocery store and got our stuff. And we kind of regathered one day and we were like, what are we doing? Like, I'm not saying that that's bad, but the thing that we didn't do was consult the Lord. Like, he is here with us. There is one member of the Godhead left on earth. And that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit manifests Jesus in our life. Everything is about Jesus. He is not about the Pentecostal church or about the church that grieves the Holy Spirit. He manifests Jesus. He is the spirit of Jesus. And so when we went before the father, we said, wait, what are we doing? And we went before the father and he gave us a vision on what to do and how to handle COVID. He told us what to do for our lives and our ministry. And at that point, it took me back and and it said the only way that we can be complete and lack nothing is Be in the presence of God. Like, listen to me. He is not looking for a visitation. He's looking for a habitation. He's looking for the men and women that will open up their lives and say, God, come and live here. Come and be. You can have my life, God. I'm done with this visitation. Sunday morning, the biggest lie I ever heard was a well-known pastor said, church is a place where people can come to get filled. When in the Bible did we make the church about the first time believer? When when was Jesus? Jesus was about the kingdom all the time. He ministered unto the Lord. He knew that that, that, that the, the father was with him. And I would like to just say these two points when I prayed about this and said, Lord, um, I, I, I don't want to preach anymore until you like tell me a school called and ask if we would come to the middle school and, and share and, we prayed about it. We, we want every time we speak that it's the Lord's timing. And so I prayed about this. And, and he gave me two points that I want to talk about with he is here with us now. Like um, I believe in, in 2020, it really showed the foundation. It really showed what we're standing on. And I believe that the shift that has to take place is we have to be a people of habitation. We have to be a people of the presence. We have to be. Listen to this psalm. Uh, psalm. I think it was 27.4. Let me look. Yes. Listen to this. Listen to this language. Here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. 
I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. This one thing I desire is to be in the presence of the Lord. So the first thing that I want to share, these two points about he is here with us now that I believe we have to walk into. Because even if 2020 was the year for the believer to be in the presence and to be equipped and to be filled, maybe you missed that mark. But because he loves us, because there's grace, because there's mercy, we have another day to go back into the presence and say, fill me up, Jesus. Maybe I didn't let you come and be a habit. I wasn't the habitation for you before, but I can become that now. And so I believe this. We have to find ourselves in him. Jesus was in the bosom of the father. He was, he was literally the, the heart of Jesus made manifest. Or I'm sorry, the heart of the Father made manifest was Jesus. He was in the bosom. So when his heart come out of his mouth, there's Jesus. In Colossians, it says that we're to be found in him in the day of judgment. We are to be one merged in this marriage covenant with the Father through Jesus. We have to be found in him. I love what, uh, I think it was Betty McPherson. Is that who was up? It's Betty Yancey was up here. It's a joke. You guys missed it. It's Amy Simple McPherson. I thought it was Amy up here preaching. You know, if you knew the foundation of your church, you would say amen. <laughs> Amy was a wild woman of God, man. Just went through the nations preaching the gospel. And uh, but but as like like we have to like flee from sin. When we find ourselves in Jesus and we start to pursue him and we're in his presence, we become a container and we become filled with him and we start to look like him. We are the ambassadors of the kingdom. We are his hands and feet. We are the image of Jesus. And you only get that from being in his presence. It's not signing up for ministries. It's not being busy. How do I know this? With Mary and Martha, listen to this language. Um, it, it talks about busyness and worship. And listen to the language of Jesus. This is so beautiful. He says, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Martha didn't impress him with her busyness, but he said, Mary has chosen the one thing that is needed, and that's to be at his feet. That's to be in his presence. We have got to quit playing church. We've got to quit worrying. I don't want to do church one more year. I want to come. I've been seeking him Monday through Friday. Maybe I'm, I'm going through a rough patch. Maybe it's my 2020 season, but I'm still seeking him. And when we come into this house, there will be an aroma released the people in Marion will see the cloud hovering over a house of God. Come on. When, when people walk in that are broken and walk into this hospital, what are they going to see? People that have a language or people that have a presence. People that have an aroma that say, surely Rowan has been with the Lord. Surely Daniela has been with the Lord. What, what, what is it going to be? And it comes from he is here with us. So I have the opportunity to be with him. We have to find ourselves in the beloved, which is Jesus. It, 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 it comes. I love teaching. I teach so many groups about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I started out preaching this year about intimacy and I ended this year preaching on first love. It just it's the simplicity of the gospel. You want to be the most prophetic person. That shouldn't be your goal. But if you if you have the gift of prophecy, spend time with him and you'll be the most prophetic. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Like, like you have to be in his presence. And when you do that, 
you will have a light on you. There is nothing you have to strive to do or sign up for. You will be in his presence and you will carry that glory and that presence on you. So you have to find yourself in him. That's number one. And my second thing is this. You have to start to walk. The word said, uh, the, in, in one of the scriptures, it says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. When it talks about um, a light in the Bible, it's this idea of you're a lamp, but it was lit by another light. So like in the old days when you had the lantern, you put the oil in it um, and you would take like a match or some sort of spark and you would light the wick and it would burn. But there was something that lit that light. And, and so um, I, I really believe that, that we're moving into this place of walking in this. It's like in um, Exodus 33 when you read about Moses and into 34. And he builds this. And, and here's what I believe we're going to do. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside of the camp. I believe that we have to become people that we go outside of the normal. That when we're in his presence, we have the ability. He is here with us. I'm with him. And in that, he is starting to speak to me. He is starting to um, equip me. And I'm starting to realize that, that there is more to Jesus. There is more than uh, to the gospel than just this, this Sunday feel-good message. And I'm going to go outside of the camp and pitch the tent. And what happens is that tent becomes the tabernacle of meeting. And I believe that there is something inside of you that can only be lit by the presence of God. And when that happens, you will stand out and you will become the tabernacle of meeting. That your ministry, Roe preached a sermon, I believe it was a series earlier this year about open about being open for business. Your life is open for ministry. And that only happens through being with this presence. You can tell the ministries that were created just because and the ones that were birthed out of an encounter with God. In worship, you can tell the songs that were that were wrote because they had to produce another album. You can tell the ones that were birthed out of an encounter. I believe that there is, there is a blessing, a visitation that is going to come with the people that are in His presence. There's a weight and, and Moses creates this and the people see Moses talking to God face to face. And then later on, he goes up to the scriptures and this is what I want to end on. Later on in the scriptures, he goes up to the Mount and he gets the 10 commandments and he comes back and it says that his face was shining with the glory of God. When you become a person of the presence, you're like a window and people see the glory of God through you. This is the hour. When we were meeting that Thursday, Abigail was talking about, it was the young adults group. She shared this scripture on discernment and the Lord led me to Luke 19. And it talked about Jesus and he looked over Jerusalem and he wept. And he said, they're going to miss their hour of visitation. And friends, I'm afraid if we don't get serious about the presence of God, we're going to miss our hour of visitation. We're going to miss it. That we have to find ourselves in him. You can't give up sin on your own. You have to be in the presence. And he will bring to light those dark places. He will bring to light those places that have to go. He is still calling us to come out from among them and be separate. If you want me to be a little more spiritual, it's be ye separate. That added a little more oil maybe. I don't know. It's up to you. He's still calling us to come out. And he's calling us to walk in that place where the glory of God is shining on us. 
that, that glory is shining on us. And an hour of visitation will look like radical appointments where you're able to share the goodness of God. You're able to lay hands on and prophesy in that time of his word is a lamp unto my feet. I'm in the presence. So that's a familiar voice. As I walk, I'm hearing him. I'm listening to him. His voice will, will not be familiar if you're not with him. It's time that the church turns up the volume. Because we've been with him. So I want to pray for you. And then I'm going to give it to Roe. Listen. I want you to leave with. We have to find ourselves in the beloved. We have to find ourselves in Jesus. And we have to start to walk. Letting him light our steps. And letting him illuminate through us. Father we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us. We thank you, God, that not only did you die on the cross, not only did you embarrass the devil when you plundered the underworld, not only did you show up and they said, who is this king of glory? Lord, you you broke through the ground victorious. And you went to the, you put the blood on the mercy seat for us, Father. And after all of that, you sent us the Holy Spirit to manifest your presence, to bring you and manifest you in our midst, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you invite us into a holy relationship. Thank you, Jesus, that you invite us to the table of communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us as orphans. You don't leave us in just a religious gathering like other religions, like other so-called gods where, where they didn't die for their people, but you did. And then you left us your spirit. So Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, I pray that every person that hears the sound of my voice would just fall in love with your presence would make a habitation for you to come and dwell, would become, would say, as for me and this body, we will be a habitation for you. Come, Jesus, come, Lord, come and live in us, God. Come and live in us. Let your your kingdom come. Your will be done. Manifest in our bodies, Lord. Lord, let us, Lord, I just pray that we become lovers of your presence. Lovers of your presence, lovers of you, nothing else matters. Just as Mary, she chose the one thing that was needed. Lord, let us become that simple. Let us become that simple that we just choose. And our desire is to be at your feet and to be with you. And Lord, I pray for those that say yes, that you would begin to illuminate their steps, that you would begin to guide their every day, that you would begin to shine through them and the world would see the light, Lord Jesus, that they would see the light that is you. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for this house. We thank you for all that you have done this year. We thank you that you are still moving, Father. We love you, Jesus. This is in your name we pray. Amen.